You're listening to Optimal Wellness Speakers Club Podcast. Welcome to the Optimal Wellness Speakers Club Podcast, where we feature speeches from our members to help you live with optimal wellness. In our inaugural episode, I'll talk about the story behind our club logo and why I decided to start this podcast. I'll try not to step on too many toes on the backstory. And today I'm featuring my very own speech from two years ago, since I don't have any members right now. And it was inspired by a volunteer at a teen suicide hotline. And after hearing his story, I was just compelled to dig into the research and share the story with anyone that will listen. All that and more right now at the Optimal Wellness Speakers Club podcast. Okay, let's talk about that club logo. The original version was created in late 2019 and only has the carrot showing off his muscles. I was really pumped about starting the new club, but fate had something else in mind. I've been struggling with Crohn's for years, but things really came to a head in Christmas time, where I couldn't eat any, anything for weeks, and I was skinny enough to begin with, but managed to lose yet another 20 pounds to just 95, where the wind can basically just blow me off the planet. Sometimes was getting serious, and I was just updating my will and getting ready to check out. Luckily for me, a number of women in my life stepped up and managed to keep me alive, which is helpful. But just as important, they kept my spirit alive. And I became more motivated than ever to get myself back into shape so I can finally give back to those people that I care about. And now that I'm finally back, I decided to add a second character, a female apple in meditation. Since no matter how strong that little carrot may get, he will always need his apple to support him. And yes, it's a podcast. You can replay this if you like. With that, on to today's speech. Though the speech is two years old, the topic of suicide awareness is more important than ever in our world of COVID and lockdowns. Geopolitical tensions are rising across the globe, domestic violence is increasing, and economic and financial disasters are just around the corner. How do you deal with all this mess? In today's speech, I delve into the research of a long-time volunteer in a teen suicide hotline and explore how we may tackle this phony topic. The title of the speech comes from Bell's Mental Health Awareness Campaign and refers to a simple call to action. Let's talk. Ken, let's talk. Let's talk, Ken. Mom? Dad, I don't want to live anymore. What? Don't say that, honey. You're never going to do that. Would you? These conversations happen in families around the world every single day. In fact, in the age group of 15 to 24, suicide is the second leading cause of death. A full 4% of that population have suicidal thoughts every single year. The question is, why is this happening? And is there anything we can do about this? So to look into this question, I want to take you guys to a nonprofit organization that started in 2012 called Do Something About Orphan. And it sounds like your mom telling you to clean your room. <laughs> but, how bad. Um, <laughs> they they um, basically get teenagers to help clean up the environment, 
uh, get sports gear for children, help the elderly, that kind of stuff. And they're doing well. They send 200,000 texts to teens every single week. And it's going along, and they started to notice they were getting text messages back from these teens. And they actually found them very insightful. So one of these text messages read, I don't want to go to school today. The guys are calling me a faggot. Another one read, they call me fat and ugly. I don't know what to say. But there was actually one that really moved the CEO of that organization. It read, he keeps raping me. He told me not to tell anyone. It's my dad. Are you there? So this spawned the new organization um, that takes teen crisis text messages. And this was an organization that took 28 million text messages since it started in 2013, and it grew faster than Facebook. So one common question that might come up is, are we actually just letting people get what they want? If you just let them commit suicide, that's what they wanted to do. And to really study this question, I want to take you to a bridge in San Francisco that was built in 1937. Now, this bridge is the, um, one of the most popular places to commit suicide. It's one of those bridges that we actually should burn down. But it, they, they do have signs throughout the bridge saying that there is help available, there are options, and they even have volunteers that patrol the bridge to look for people trying to jump. The, the jump is a good 250 feet down at 75 miles per hour, so 95% of people would die on impact. The other, the other rest would basically die of exposure. But of the 1,600 people that jumped, amazingly 32 people somehow made it. And researchers were able to interview 16 of them. But what's more amazing still is that they all essentially shared the same experience. They all basically said, when I let go of that bridge, I knew I made a big mistake. When I saw that abutment coming towards me, I just swam in the air. I wanted to do everything I can to survive. Whatever problems I had in life, I knew I can solve if I can just survive that jump. It really turned out that when someone contemplates or even attempts suicide, they're actually not trying to kill themselves. They're actually asking for help. So, of course, the next logical question is, what can we do to help? Is anybody trained in suicide awareness or prevention? None of us are. Right? Me either. I'm not trained either. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like, what if he convinces me to commit suicide? I might do it with, with enthusiasm. Who knows? <laughs> yes. You guys not. Now, it turns out that it's actually not rocket science, and you actually don't need any specialist training. All it takes is three simple steps. Recognize, realize, and refer. So we can all recognize signs of depression and be on the lookout for that. We can all ask probing questions to get people to realize if they're having suicidal thoughts or planning for suicide. And we can all refer them to professional help. There are tons of organizations that can help in that area. So this is something all of us can do and all of us should do. Now, actually, the counselors themselves don't actually do any counseling. Not because they're underpaid, they're, they're the volunteers, and uh, they do do it with enthusiasm. <laughs> Come on. Now, 
The reason is, if you really imagine a team comes in 4 a.m., calls in, wants to kill himself, right? You're not going to help him work through his budget issues and, you know, get him, get him back in the black. He, he's not really in that mode of thinking. He's stuck in what's called a fight-or-flight response mode. If those of you that know a bit about neuroscience, there's the prefrontal cortex. That's your logical center. So that's basically shut down when, when you're com- contemplating suicide. And the amygdala, your, your reptile brain, is taken over. Right? So what the counselor really just needs to do is get the teen safely through the night. Right? He, he basically just needs to get the teen to have blood flow restored to the prefrontal cortex so that he can be in a more calm, a more cool place. And one technique that they tend to use is called heart-focused breathing. Anyone heard of that? Let's do it all together. Um, so typically the counselor would get the teen to do it with him. So, so we can all do this together. It's very simple. Just uh, put your hand on your chest. Let's all do it. And just start breathing. Slow down your breathing. Breathe a little bit deeper than normal. And imagine, well, feel the movement of your chest. And imagine your breath is coming directly in and out through your heart. And the team may be resentful. He may say something like, all my friends have deserted me. I don't deserve to live. And you can simply respond. I care about you, and I want you to live. You're the only one that is just like you, and we need you to be in this world. And as you do this, send your unconditional love, send your concern, your care for the other person. And as they keep breathing, they'll slowly realize their thoughts will begin to clear. And they realize, hey, maybe it's not so bad after all. Uh, no, no, no. So, thanks for doing that. In conclusion, <laughs> suicide... Is it chest or... Chest, yeah. Chest yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, in conclusion, uh, suicide is a tragedy, especially teen suicides, but it really doesn't have to be that way. Uh, all of us can help out, and it's not so much the suicide act itself, but it's really the stigma of it all. We just tend to look away or turn away whenever the subject comes up. If we can just talk about it like catching the flu, then we can all talk about it. So next time, if you see somebody being depressed, if someone comes up to you, if your child comes up to you and says, Mom, Dad, I don't want to live anymore. Instead of just turning away or talking them down, how about considering two simple words? Let's talk. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or want to have your speeches featured on this podcast, send an email to info at optimalwellnessspeakers.com. As a member, you'll get to join in on our virtual meetings twice a month, get video recordings of the speeches, and be part of our amazing community. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review. More importantly, if you know anyone who would be a great addition to our club, please spread the word. Thanks and see you next time.